What is God's part of evangelism? That's the question we're discussing today on the Hear of the Story presented by The Gospel Project. Thanks for joining us for today's episode of the Hero of the Story, a podcast to help you explore the big story and big truths of scripture. I'm Brian DeBozik, and with me is Aaron Armstrong. Aaron, that kind of leading question is one that some people may have never thought of, that God has a role in evangelism. We usually think of evangelism as something that we do, mm-hmm. or at least that we should do. <laughs> I think it's <laughs> up there with prayer. It's it's probably more neglected than practiced, but we at least know, all right, this is what this is kind of our responsibility. Yeah. As believers, this is what we've been called to do. But to think that God has a part, I think may have caused some people pause. And hopefully as we're, as you know, okay, I pause about it. Now they're thinking like, yeah, he does have, have a, a part to play in it, doesn't he? Yeah, absolutely. It's, it's one of these places where we get to see God's work intersect with what he calls us to do. And so um, yeah. another place where he is working through us. In order to in order to accomplish his purposes, which is which is really cool. Definitely. So, yeah. yeah. So yeah, I mean, and and if some people may be thinking and saying, all right, well, you guys are thinking about the Holy Spirit empowering us to evangelize. That is true. That is part of, of God working. But we have a different thing in mind here. We're we're talking about calling. Yes. Uh, the action by which God, the Holy Spirit, calls people. Um, and so that's kind of what we're going to be focusing on mostly in our discussion today. So, and as you say, Aaron, even in the doctrine as we read it, we're going to see both mention God's work and our work and how they work in harmony yes. is what we need to pull out of this. So as always, we're going to follow our kind of our blueprint. You're going to go ahead and read this doctrine, and then we will summarize it, look at some verses where we see this, and then just talk about any issues that might arise from this doctrine. So Get your reading groove on. All right. Well, I am ready. I'm feeling limber. So uh, here is what uh, what we mean when we say calling. So the calling of God to salvation happens in two ways: externally through the Holy through the proclamation of the gospel, and internally through the Holy Spirit working in the heart of the person who hears. Both of these callings are essential, and both work together to bring someone to faith in Christ. So, if we wanted to summarize this, this is a, this is actually a pretty straightforward explanation, which is great. Yeah. But if we want to simplify that a little bit more, this is what this doctrine is about. Um, salvation requires God to call people through the Holy Spirit and through us. Definitely. And that's where we see, again, both at work and the Holy Spirit's work here is more on the person who's hearing the gospel. But again, as we said, we're not meaning to discount the Holy Spirit's work in us as we share the gospel, just not kind of what we have in mind with calling. So let's look at some passage where we see this. Um, I'll read the first one, and it is 2 Timothy 1, 8 through 10. And this is what we read there. So don't be ashamed of the testimony about our Lord or of me, his prisoner. Instead, share in suffering for the gospel, relying on the power of God. He has saved us and called us with a holy calling, not according to our works, but according to his own purpose and grace, which was given to us in Christ Jesus before time began. This has now been made evident through the appearing of our Savior, Jesus Christ, who has abolished death and has brought life and immortality to light through the gospel. 
So this is one where we see the Holy Spirit's role. It's actually, I mean, he's intimating the other, our role as well. But it's that that phrase there at the beginning of chapter or verse 9, he has saved us and called us with a holy calling. Uh, and, and just what's in mind there is the calling of the Holy Spirit into salvation. Yeah. The the next couple, um, I'm actually going to read these next two because they they are our point counterpoint, and they're both from the book of Romans. Uh, the first is um, is Romans eight twenty eight through thirty, which again, in its speaking of calling, is uh, is very much in line with the Second Timothy passage in that it focuses on the Holy Spirit's work in calling people. Um, the next one is about people's response, so and people people's actions in that. So, um, Romans eight twenty eight. We know that all things work together for the good of those who love God and are called according to his purpose. For those he foreknew, he also predestined to be conformed to the image of his son, so that he would be the firstborn among many brothers and sisters. And those he predestined, he also called. And those he called, he also justified. And those he justified, he also glorified. So that's that uh, that chain reaction. You get to see where calling fits in there there's a miss there's a mystery piece that's there um with uh the the dreaded p word which is related to uh the election word that um uh people get very um passionate about one way or another we've talked about that actually just recently so we're not going to talk about it again um instead we're going to go right on to romans 10 14 through 15 um which says how then can they call can they call on him who um uh they have not believed in how can they believe without hearing about him and how can they hear without a preacher and how can they preach unless they are sent as it is written how beautiful are the feet of those who bring the good news and so you see people's action with uh, with calling here in, in a couple of ways. Uh, one is, is the calling in the sense that we, that we speak of in the explanation of this doctrine that we call people to repent and believe through the preaching of the gospel. And, but you also see people calling on God for salvation in here too. So again, this is that both and God calls people call. Yeah, it's it's and it really takes us to the cautions or areas of understanding, and and that was going to be the first one that we we the doctrine itself speaks of two callings really the the calling of the Holy Spirit on the unbeliever, the person hearing the gospel, and the calling the verbalization of the ver, ver, verbalization of the gospel by the person sharing. Mm-hmm. But there's a third calling that's not mentioned there that the scriptures here in, in Romans ten thirteen just before what you read. It says it there as well, for everyone who calls in the name of the Lord will be saved. So there's this other calling where the person, when they respond in faith, they call as well. So a third level of calling. Yes. I, I think the next caution with understanding this is, is where we're going to stick our toe back into the murky waters of debate and contention and then pull it back out quickly. We've, we've talked about this in other episodes dealing with election and so forth more. You read that golden chain that kind of from Romans that kind of points us back there as well. Mm-hmm. But we have to understand as we think about calling, 
there are different views on who the Holy Spirit calls and how effective his calling is. Mm-hmm. And again, our intention is not to take a side on this. It's just to point out there's some differences here. Yep. So, so some believe that this calling is to all people. Others believe that this calling of the Holy Spirit, that's what's in mind again, that the Holy Spirit calls to all people. Others would say, no, he only calls to those who are elected for salvation. Again, going back to a specific view of election that we talked about on that episode. Um, it's kind of a logical derivative of where you stand on that. Yes. That leads to your understanding of, of the Holy Spirit's calling here. Then the second one is the effectiveness. And again, it's there's another logical step here that usually... Uh, if how you believe in election will inform how you believe in who is called and how effective the calling is by the Holy Spirit. And so some would say again that the the calling's effectiveness, the Holy Spirit's calling's effectiveness is only effective when the person responds. So the Holy Spirit can call to everybody, the person responds, making that calling effective. Others would say that the calling is effective the Holy Spirit's calling is effective no matter what, because he's only calling the elect, and therefore they will respond. So again, it's this logical progression, by and large, based on your prior understanding of how election works, who is elected, as we talked about again on another episode. So with that said, let's pull our toe out of the waters, and let's just kind of say what we said then as well. We just have to recognize different views here. And all these views that we're talking about, an election and calling and others, um, they all fit really well and comfortably under the tent that we could call evangelical Orthodox Christianity. Mm -hmm. Uh, You love Jesus. You affirm the gospel no matter what you believe in what we just talked about. And it's so important that we remember that. It's so important we extend grace as we talked about before, this this is a challenging uh, theolo- theological issue. Um, there's anywhere you land on this, there's going to be tension, and so we have to extend grace to one another, and not let this be an issue that divides, or let this be a litmus test of of who is regenerate or who is saved. No, we can disagree mm-hmm. and both be saved, um, but let's disagree in unity with charity. Yeah, absolutely. Uh, you know that is one of those one of those aspects of doctrine that is really tricky. It is, um, and and we'll get to this in a second. But it is one of those places where we have to have to acknowledge, if we're being wise, if we're being appropriately humble, that no matter what our position on any particular controversial topic, um, so it's not just in this area. There are others as well, like. Um, yes. the timing of Christ's return and things like this. Um, everyone the, the, is wrong. Speaking in tongues and yeah, sign languages. Yeah, and, stuff yeah. like that. All that kind of stuff. Everyone is wrong on something. Everyone is wrong on something. None of us are 100% correct in our theology. That doesn't mean that we're all heretics. And it doesn't no. mean that some of us, that we're all outside of the faith. It's the question is, is do you have the core right? If you've got the core right, that salvation is through faith in Christ alone. If you are, if you are, if you are focused on that, if you're focused on the reality central is centralized on 
the truth of who God is. And not just who God is, but what God is. That those are those are the those are the some of the a couple just a couple of the big things that that we that that are the make or break first tier kind of kind of truth. Yeah, I, I, we have to keep in mind, Aaron. We have to remember we're all disciples. We're all in progress. We're all learning and growing. And so, you know, I, I think one of the really helpful reminders is when we change our perspective of something. And that's a good thing. It shows that we're growing. Um, you know, I have done that recently on two issues. One is my eschatology has changed, and I still don't know quite where I land. Uh, I do know, I think probably what I, where I was maybe 10 years ago is not where I am today, but I'm not quite sure where I am on, on that. Uh, well, you and I have talked about that a little bit, and, uh, yeah. and I, I'm glad you've changed your ways. <laughs> So, and, and I wanted to change more. I just haven't, I've had to put that on the back burner and kind of focus on some other things and my readings and so forth. And I want to pick that up again at some point and solidify my, my understanding of that. So that's one area I've seen God changing me. Mm-hmm. Another more recently is my issue of the Christian's ability to divorce and remarry. Mm-hmm. I've changed my position on that within the last two years. Interesting. Yeah. So, you know, it, it's, you look at this, if you're, if you're struggling to be obedient to Scripture and understand more clearly, I think we have to have grace and humility with ourselves and recognize what I believed 10 years ago should not be locked in. If I'm growing, mm-hmm. if I'm spending more time in the Word, if I'm, if I'm being stretched and growing, there are some, again, secondary or tertiary beliefs that not only can change, maybe should change. If my beliefs are the same exactly today as they were 10 years ago, I don't know what that means about me. Well, and, and I mean, there's two ways to think about it. Some of it is, is that they've been refined. Um, and that's, and that's Mm -hmm. the thing is, is, is change doesn't necessarily mean that you've switched positions. Some of it means that, that you've clarified, um, again, refined, whatever language you want to use. Um, you've become clearer in your thinking on it. And, and I mean, there are certain, there are certain things that, uh, there are certain doctrines that I'm, that I'm a little more in that space that, um, I've gotten a little more clarity in terms of, and they're not primary issues, um, by any stretch. There are things that flow out of scripture. Like, so for example, form of church governance. Um, I've kind of, that's a good example. I've bounced around on stuff like that. And where I am now, I'm not where I was 10 years ago. Um, (laughs) you know, so there is a, and that's a good thing. So, because I think that, I think where I'm at now with it is a little more in line with scripture than where, where I was and where I was before wasn't unbiblical. It just probably wasn't the best. I, Aaron, that's a really good way to say it. I think, you know, they're like, I'm mentioning eschatology and my views of divorce and marriage. They have changed. Mm-hmm. But I think, yeah, there are many where that refining, I think, is another good reminder that we can change by refining. So our position may not have changed, but our understanding of it has been deeper. You know, our, our thinking is, is, is firmer. And so there can be growth and change there. Yeah. So let, let's talk about one other issue, getting kind of back to the, the subject here of, of something that needs some understanding or caution. And it is this one. In this doctrine, we speak of calling very narrowly or specifically of the calling 
of somebody towards salvation. But the Bible also uses calling in other ways as well. So I just wanted to make sure that was understood. Uh, you know, we're called to live lives of, of holiness, for example. That's a calling. We're called to acts of service. Uh, we speak of being called to ministry, you know, pastors being called into ministry. Um, all these are important. We don't want to dismiss them, of course. They're just not the topic of this doctrine of calling. It's more narrow than those other broad callings. Yeah. So I just wanted to kind of make sure that was clear. Yeah. All right, let's, let's talk about what difference this doctrine should make, Aaron. Why don't you kind of, of talk through the differences it should sure. have on us? Sure. I am happy to uh, tie a bow on this conversation for us. But uh, what <laughs> uh, there are a couple of big things um, that that this understanding, this particular context of calling that that we're looking at here, there are two things that happen out of this. One is humility. So we need to appreciate God's work and role in our salvation. So we, we affirm and we cling to our to our trust in Christ definitely, um, and we we do not downplay that whatsoever. Um, but we also have to um, lift up God's grace in this that that He has called us to salvation in 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 hearing this in in the fact that we are responding to it that he is saying that you are mine, you are my child, um, that we are, we are among those brothers and sisters who are, you know, whose older brother is Jesus, um, which is pretty incredible to think about that, um, that, that calling means we're brought into his family in a way that is so profound and um, so different than what we can imagine. You know, the second is, and the second goes with it, which is encouragement, and particularly encouragement as we evangelize. So as we share the gospel, uh, the calling of God is a reminder that our act of extending the call of the gospel is essential, but it's also that it also is, uh, it's encouraging in that we know that there are people who God is going to call through it. They're going to, they are going to respond. They're going to hear. They are going to listen. They are going to profess faith. They're going to call on him for salvation. And so these doctrines, we need to hold on to them the same way that we need to hold on to that. We need to hold on to election. However, we understand it. Um, in whatever, in all of those varied me- ways that it plays itself out in in different viewpoints, we let those things be encouragements and motivators, so that we go and that we do share. And even if we don't see an immediate response, we know that there will be some kind of fruit that comes comes out from it. So. Um, uh, and and that really speaks to the fact that y- when we proclaim the gospel, we're not doing it by ourselves. We're not doing it by our own power. We're not doing anything aside from being faithful in sharing the in sharing the word. It's the Holy Spirit who's at work. 
So we go and we go and proclaim and he goes and he goes forward and he and he calls and he saves. And that is such good news for us as we look to fulfill this mission. That's a good word. Let's wrap it up there, Aaron. Thank you for tying that bow on our conversation. That's a good bow. Uh, So I want to thank you for listening to today's episode of the podcast. If you have enjoyed it, please do leave a sincere five-star rating and review on Apple Podcasts or whatever platform you use to listen to the show. And for more resources to help you focus your ministry in the gospel, please visit gospelproject.com. 